Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I did a little experiment last week where I just decided to uh, to go AWOL for about three or four days. <laughs> see if management or even you... <laughs> see if anyone noticed. Even noticed. <laughs> oh, were you not here? And finally on Saturday, Doug Elliott called and said, uh, I just noticed you weren't there. <laughs> so anyhow, I had to come back. Uh, it is your pallies. Uh, I was actually away because uh, my father passed. Yeah, and condolences. Thank you, Pally. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it happens to all of us. And uh, for any of us who have lost parents, uh, we go through all the uh, the ups and downs of that. My father uh, passed away in his sleep just before going out for pints with his friends. So you know where I get it from. <laughs> Went down for a nap, getting ready for his big evening out, his Tuesday evening out with his crew, and uh, just didn't wake up. So at 83 years of age, if you got to go, it's not a bad way to go. Wow. I must admit it was, it was you know obviously a shock to, uh, to you and to everyone, but... Uh, he had just been in town mm-hmm. uh, at, at Christmas. Yeah, it was in great and shape. Visiting with you, and you, you hadn't mentioned that he was having really any you know, out of the ordinary problems. No, no, he, uh, you know, physically an absolute wreck. Never took care of himself. <laughs> uh, his entire life, he, I think he was in the hospital once, but he uh, just ate the worst foods and drank too much. And I can only hope I carry those same genes. Um, yeah. And, of course, I cursed him all the way down. He was living in Windsor. I cursed him all the way to Windsor because uh, this, I had to drive down on Wednesday, and the snow was just like we were down to, like, 50, 60 kilometers on the 401. Right. And I'm like, damn you to hell, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never a great stretch, too, through that uh, that London no. corridor to, you know, towards Sarnia. It, it, it's, it gets really, yeah. really heavy. It's, it's just known as a bad stretch. It certainly is. So, uh yeah, I dealt with all of that. And so I, I've lost, but my mom passed away in 2014 and now uh, my dad. And, you know, it's it's just a whole other situation. When you lose one parent, it's it's sad. Of course, it's, you know, you go through all the grief. But the other parent lives on. And so they just carry on as is. If they mm-hmm. had a house or whatever, their bank accounts, their lifestyle, whatever it is, it just transfers to that one person. And, you know, you deal with whatever you have to deal with, the funeral and such, and you carry on. But now when the second parent goes, and I'm, because I had a sister who passed away many, many years ago, so it's on me. Not that my dad had much, but I'm like, it's a lot to deal with. You don't even know who the hell to call first. Right. And, you know, do you call a lawyer? Do you, what do you do? I've called a divorce lawyer because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> You're into it now. That's, that's right. I'm not sharing any of this. I said to Maria, I said, well, (laughs) listen, (laughs) this isn't working out for me anymore. Um, Listen, uh, yeah, we had to do um, wills and and all Mm -hmm. of that and and take care of some planning. Certainly not all of it. Uh, You know, know, uh, when my grandmother passed away, there was talk in our family about, okay, where is you know? Do we want to get plots? Mm. And, and all of us, I thought I was, you know, not even forty at that right. time. I'm like, am I really even thinking about this? Right uh, at this point, and and I think my parents at that time, or when my uncle passed away, had had started to plan out with mm-hmm. a funeral home or whatever prepay. Yep. some of that and and, and plan that. Um, and and any of these conversations obviously are morbid and yeah. and. and awkward 
and uncomfortable to yeah. have and decisions to make. But, you know, they are so very important, especially if you are particular about how you want things oh, done. Sure. sure, if you um, just want to go in a paper bag or a garbage bag, that's yeah. one thing. But yeah. or, or if you have a lot that you want to specifically direct yep. where it goes to, right? It's Well, here's something I've learned, which I didn't even know, and it, and it is good to know. You're you're right. You really should pre-plan, and, and Maria and I started, of course, having that conversation as we did. As you do anytime somebody close to you passes, it's like, okay, we should probably get this organized, and then you get on with life and you forget about it. But my, my mom and dad, so when my mom died, they had just started paying into a funeral plan. Okay. And they hadn't been paying in long enough for hers to be covered. Right. So my dad had to pay for it. Now, they had very basic, like nothing. We didn't have viewings. We didn't have uh, any church service. Well, they were down in Windsor. You didn't have a lot of people there. No, he had a lot of, you know, well, this was kind of tough because my mom was not very social, didn't know a lot of people. But my dad was a social butterfly. And he, right. he volunteered at the hospital for ever. And he had a bunch of friends at a bunch of different pubs, and he just knew a bunch of people. And we had a lot of people reaching out to say, hey, can we come and pay our respects? And we were like, well, no, his wishes were just to be. We had like a half an hour where we sat with him in a room, yeah, and that was it. Um, so what I learned was he paid a set amount uh, back in 2013. That money, and this is a good reason why everybody should prepare their funeral plans that money was put into some sort of trust or whatever where it gained interest yeah so whatever his funeral was valued at back in 2013 of course had gone up thousands of dollars but your paid in price is guaranteed gotcha so the funeral home actually takes a bit of a loss right so the reason why it's so important is if you and Adrian decided, okay, let's figure this out, and it's going to be 20000 or $30,000, you know, 30 years down the road from now or whatever it is, that funeral could cost 50000 Right. but it'll all be covered right. because you paid into that. And the other thing, too, is you just don't want to leave it on your kids' laps. Right. Not only do they got to sort all your stuff out, yeah. now in their grief, they got to figure out, well, what did dad want? Yeah, so many joke about how, you know, I don't really care. Just, you yeah. know, but I, you do. I'll be gone. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, you do leave some very heavy decisions. Well, listen, I spent some time working on the oldie station. I think every third commercial was a funeral home. <laughs> uh, and, and one of them, <laughs> I remember the spot. The spot it was like, there's... Like, 90 decisions that yeah. have to be made right away. It's insane. And, and it really is, there is a lot about closing off things and that, you know, the taxes and yep. all of that they, they will come into play yeah. as well. Um, you know, you might be cursing that he died in this calendar year and not, you know, a month earlier. Oh, I got a, a lot of reasons to curse, Bobby. <laughs> but it, but it, it is true. There's so many things that have to be taken care yeah. of. Um, and... You know, you know, if you just name an executor and say, ah, it's on them, you know, some of us don't even tell that person that they're no. the executor. All of a sudden, it's thrown on them. Well, little things. Like, of course, he, he kept his whole life in pretty good order. He had a briefcase all with all his paperwork. But I can't find the ownership to his car. You know, there's little right. things like that, right? Uh, it's This was a shock. I found out I have a stepbrother in Detroit. <laughs> Go on, then. <laughs> And DeWan wants his piece. All right. 
Um, oh, this this was kind of funny. So there's there was we wanted to come back to uh, Toronto on uh, Sunday, but there was an issue. He was cremated, so there was an issue with when we could get his ashes. And, and, and so we thought, oh, it might not be till Monday or Tuesday. We're like, well, I don't know if that works. You know, anyhow, at some point, the funeral home director goes out, steps out to make a call to the cremation place to find out. And he comes back and he says, I got some great news. And I turned to him and said, did Bob sit up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to have a giggle. What the hell are you going to do? Let me ask you this, Lucky. Do you know your blood type? You know what? I don't. Do you know your horoscope? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you and I have that in common. Like my and astrological sign? Yeah. Like Virgo? Yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, no, and most of us, when asked, say, certainly we know our horoscope, but no idea of what our blood type is. You know what, I, uh, once I gave blood um, for, like, a test, it wasn't uh, wasn't for a blood donation, mm. and I, like, passed out after it, and, and since that, I, um, I, I'm not fearful of giving blood, not mm. a big fan of doing it. No, so is it the needles, like, when you saw the blood coming in? No, the- I think it was just, uh, like, I, I hadn't eaten oh, that okay. morning, and so, like, had no energy, at least when you donate blood, I've heard they give you a juice and an apple <laughs> nice or something like that. or something. Yeah, something yeah. to help you out. Yeah, I uh, I know my son, my oldest son, is that way. Anytime he sees blood, like, mostly his own. I think if he sees somebody else bleeding, he could care less. Right. But, <laughs> you know, I'm lying there rolling around on the floor, a fish out of water. But, yeah, he uh, he gets wobbly and goes down if he sees his own blood. So many people do. I just find that interesting. You know, it's something that's really very important. I think knowing your blood type is probably important and something that nobody should really care about in all the uh, horoscopes and right. star signs stuff. I uh, I should go get mine uh, figured out what I am, what type I am. I'm pretty certain I'm going to be negative. <laughs> pretty sure of that. A 66-year-old retired woman. This is so terrible. Why she has to put up with this, I do not know. Uh, she can't stop men from showing up at her house for sexual relations. Okay. She they're wants un- to stop them doing this? She wants to stop them, but they're showing up all the time. She says it happens at all times of the day and night. There's been at least 25 of them. They're young, they're old, they're local, they've traveled a long distance, all kinds of men. She says she's figured out that her address is being used by a scam. It sounds like a website gets the men to pay through uh, their services and they offer up her address so that they can go have sex with her. They say they've, um, uh, she says they, uh, they've had an appointment for Nikki, for Kelly, for Rhonda. <laughs> her name's Elaine, by the way. She says it's all very irritating. Uh, she says I confront them at the, at the door with my gun in my hand. Wow. She appreciates that the local police are quick to respond when she calls, but they won't do anything other than shoo the men off the lot, off her property. So they're hoping they can go after the uh, the scam or the website to shut this down. But can you imagine, 66 years old, you're retired, men are showing up at the door. You and her have a similar problem. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but, showing up looking for sexual favors. But I never say no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were laying down some money, would you take uh, the Eagles or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Wow, tough to bet against the Chiefs. Just the way that Patrick Mahomes tends to to get things done. Mm-hmm. He did it again last night. 
Although I got to really feel for this, you know, Bengals defensive uh, guy who who pushed Mahomes when he was already out of bounds. Uh, that game should have gone to overtime. It would have been a sixty-yard field goal to win it, mm. which is ask tough, a bit much. Yeah, uh, but that knocked fifteen yards closer, forty-five yards, and all of a sudden it was just a a regular old field goal. They make it and they're off. Uh, to the Super Bowl. Interesting uh, moment it will be for the Kelsey brothers, Travis and Jason, okay. are the first brothers to face each other in a Super Bowl. Oh, that's so, interesting. So somewhere in the Kelsey family, they're going to be a Super Bowl champion, and there's going to be a really disappointed <laughs> brother, too. Yeah. Wow. Now, I wonder what the record is for a field goal, because you say 45 is... 64, a, I think. Is it? 65 okay. yards, yeah. I mean, but, I mean, they were set... A lot of them set in Denver. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, a mile course. high, a little thinner air. So. Right. Well, the uh, the experts, the bookies, say the Chiefs are a slight favorite. They're 2-2 two and two in previous Super Bowl appearances. Eagles have been to the Super Bowl uh, three times. They've only won once against the Patriots. So uh, I'm just wondering what Rihanna's going to be wearing at the <laughs> halftime show. That's, for me, the big important thing. And that's why this past weekend is generally, you know, for a lot of football fans, the big weekend. Yes. Right? Because there's not the pomp and circumstances around the game yeah. and all of the longer halftime and the dramatics of getting the show put up in that. It's just a straight football game. Mm-hmm. A little disappointing. Felt bad for the 49ers because they've they've had this real great story around their season when their starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, got hurt. You know, I think it was October. Um, you know, they Brock Purdy, this kid, came in who was... He was known as Mr. Irrelevant. In, in the, <laughs> that was my nickname. Yeah, pretty much. In, in the NFL draft, the last guy taken in the draft gets the title of Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, that's nice. Uh, which is such a put down. Yeah, right? yeah. And this guy was Mr. Irrelevant. Does he not work his way into the quarterback role and takes the 49ers on a run? Wow. To the conference championship, then he got hurt in the first quarter, and that was pretty, basically it for them. Well, uh, good for him. I'm sure he's uh, got a, a big career ahead. Uh, of him, he'll be so. Mister Relevant when it comes time to pay him. Oh, that's right. Uh, somebody needs to take all motorized vehicles away from Jay Leno. He's hurt himself <laughs> again. Uh, back in November, you remember he uh, lit himself on fire while working on a car. Well, he's found himself back in the hospital. He basically got clotheslined off his uh, motorcycle, a 1940 Indian motorcycle. He got clotheslined? I heard yeah. he had a crash. I, mean, I just thought he dropped it. No, he was uh, bombing across a parking lot, and someone had put up a, uh, a a wire, strung a wire across the lot without putting any warning flags Holy on it. He drove right into it, took him right off the bike. Um He's got a broken collarbone. He's got two broken ribs. He's got two cracked kneecaps. But he worked over the weekend. He was oh. doing stand-up somewhere. How's he even standing up? <laughs> Do it from a hospital bed? That's crazy. How do you laugh with a couple of broken ribs, too? If you're his wife, the next time he says, I'm just going to get milk. Yeah. No, you're not. No, no, no. Order it. Yes, we're going to get uh, food delivery. You're doing none of that. Uh, Kevin Costner's got a little place in Aspen, Colorado. He rents it out. Uh, if you'd like to stay at Kevin's place, it'll cost you thirty-six grand per night. A night? Yeah. It's nearly 6,000 square feet, 160 acres, 12 bedrooms, 8 bathrooms, 24-7 caretakers on site. Well, this is similar to your place. Yeah, well, similar. It's a <laughs> neighboring property. Do you have a baseball field? Uh, I do not. Kevin does. Field of Dreams? Yeah. He does, of course. Yeah, yeah, he's got a ski hill. Of course, it's Aspen. Why wouldn't you? And he's got three hot tubs. 
Because that's what you need. Right. And it's just minutes from downtown Aspen. 36 Gs a night. That acting stuff pays uh, pretty good. <laughs> I would have to wear the Dumb and Dumber furry boots if I was going there, though. <laughs> yeah, and uh, although some people say, well, I wish it was in Montana. Like, you could even afford to go. Right. of course, Yellowstone. Yes, yes. Awesome. Have you watched Yellowstone? I you haven't. Ever? No, everybody says it's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. I have not watched any of it either. Um, Paul Stanley of KISS. Thinks you're an idiot if you pursue something out of your reach. Ooh. Talking to the young people and giving career advice. I guess he kind of feels like, you know, today parents all tell their kids they can do anything they want. And he says, look, you got to be a little bit reasonable. He said, had I decided I wanted to pursue a career in math, uh, mathematics, he says, I'd be homeless right now. There are some things you can do and some you can't. Yeah, but that seems a little offside given the fact that he pursued a career in music, you know, I want to be a rock star, mm. which is not that easy to do. No. And succeeded at it. Yeah, but I guess he had the talent. He learned the instrument. At least he, it'd be like me walking around saying I want to be a brain surgeon. Right. You know, a, a lot of people are going to die under my care <laughs> if I'm a brain surgeon. Because they got more brains than I do. So yeah, I think he's just trying to, you know, let people know, look, be realistic in yeah. the goals you want to chase. Set realistic goals. I, I, I get it. Um, You know, personally and and with my kids too because you know when asked kids these days you know what they want to be when they grow up many say youtuber right which you know as a parent you go oh god here we go yeah. you know let's find something you can make some money at mm-hmm. and then they'll show you mr beast who makes a billion dollars right and you think oh, okay well all right now i gotta talk you out of this and find a new mm-hmm. reason so do um, your boys have they said that they want to be a youtube influencer uh no i don't think they that's along their lines but when i talk to them about how much they watch these guys right. and you know these guys are idiots and they'll right. say well they make billions of dollars yeah like Yes, because idiots like you watch idiots yeah. like them. Now, have they said they're outside of, say, wanting to be an NHL star? Because all right. the young boys who play hockey say that. At I some talked point. them out of that, too. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and there's one where I was really realistic with them. Yeah. You know, I think Evan at one point said, hey, Dad, when I make the OHL, I'm like, you're not making the OHL. Right. And he's like, they, how can you crush my dreams? The Oshawa Hockey League, right. maybe. I was like, well, no. I mean, you don't like to practice. Right. Right. Yeah. Unless, you got to understand that the people who do this are driven to do it and you know the connor bedards of the world are practicing constantly you can't stop them from practice right and they're asking for more practice right and you know for all of these parents who are you know investing in in thousands and thousands of dollars of extra uh, practice or, or or development if your kid's not asking you to go to it you know they're not gonna really develop or or benefit completely from it now if they turned to you and said hey dad your job seems pretty cool i want to get into radio what would you tell them oh my goodness <laughs> well but but you're gonna you're, be living under our roof forever but it's funny so. like you know on the flip side i've you know achieved a lot more than i ever thought i was right. in, in this and, and when when asked you know people like hey you made the nhl that's mm-hmm. great and I, I always say that was the dream mm. you know i never set that as my goal i did this you know, I I started calling hockey games because I enjoy calling hockey games. Right. You know, it was, it was a hobby that I I really had a passion for, and I liked doing it. But I never set that as the goal because it was I didn't think it was attainable. Mm. Or you know, and I knew too many people are disappointed when they set a goal that's way too high for them. Right. It's okay to dream for things. It's certainly okay to work for things, but you can't always set that as the goal or be all and end all. Well, I can tell you this, honestly, in having conversations with your father, we're all shocked 
<laughs> that you've made it this far. <laughs> oh my gosh, look who joins us. Godfather of the Grill, Ted Reader. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Teddy. How are you? Not too bad. The, Not too uh, bad for a winter morning. Yeah, the cold weather is certainly uh, setting in. Now, I, I noticed that it would be, uh, I think, about minus 13 by this coming weekend. I know for you, Teddy, you grill all year round. But as it gets colder, any any quick tips on how to keep uh, your food warm and cooking on a grill when it's minus 13 and beyond? Outside of, I guess, keeping the lid closed. Uh, that's the biggest thing is uh, is one to keep your your lid closed. Kamados tend to hold the heat a little bit better than than a propane or a gas grill, and that ceramic gets warm and it, and it keeps the heat in, and that's what you want. You want to keep the heat in for whatever you're cooking on. Uh, but the easiest way to way to keep your your food warm on a cold cold day. Cook indoors. <laughs> You're so wise. You're wise, Ted. That's that being thing. said, don't barbecue indoors. I've seen a lot of no. people who put them in their garage and just maybe a foot outside their garage. You've got to be very careful there. Yeah, definitely. Never, never bring a, a grill into the house. Uh, it does produce uh, carbon monoxide, and people can die from that. So just don't uh, don't, don't do, do any of that stuff. Be smart. Yep. Use your brain. That's what it's for. Yep, for sure. Have, have some now, fun. Have Make it tasty. Ever, have you ever, uh, if you can remember uh, a time, have you ever cooked in the most extreme cold weather? Like, did you ever, I know you you and uh, others go off on these adventures. You've done it, well, like, in Alaska and all over the place. Have you ever cooked outdoors in some crazy, like, minus 40 temperature or something? Yes, uh, my backyard, minus 45. Wow. wow. Years ago, uh, my friend Christian Pritchard, you know, yeah. our friend, yeah, buddy Christian, yeah. uh, we were doing a, a television segment for uh, Stephen and Chris show live from my backyard. And it was uh, <clears throat> started out at minus 45 in the morning. And uh, this is this goes back probably about seven, eight years. Mm. So cold. I mean, you were just burning through uh, through fuel wood charcoal whatever it was just trying to keep warm we had five or six pits going but yeah the the, the extreme cold is uh is no fun to cook in but uh if you can get it done and, and produce something that's tasty it's always a great experience and today we want to talk about warming up with a little appetizer teddy uh, some some smoked brie on the barbecue ah uh, planked brie so this is a, a recipe that I, I wrote for, for one of my earlier cookbooks called the Sticks and Stones Cookbook. And it was the, the guide or the art to grilling on plank, vine, and stone. So hot smoked brie, it's pretty easy to do. You get a, one of those little wheels of brie and uh, slash the top of the wheel of the brie through the rind. And then you're going to put whatever you want on top. Uh, in one of my in my most recent YouTube video, we put uh, we did the, the original recipe, which was fire roasted red peppers, uh, some fresh herbs, little olive oil. Finish it with a drizzle of uh, balsamic and syrup. And so nice and easy. You put the wheel on. You put it into your grill. You close the lid. The grill's going to be at about 375 to 400 degrees. And you're not going to leave your grill. You're going to listen for that uh, that wood to start to crackle. And then you're going to turn the heat down a bit and watch for the smoke. And you want that smoke that comes out to be nice and white. You don't want to set the plank on fire. That's the key, okay? Right. <laughs> Keep it slow. And what you're going to do is you're going to heat that, that brie up. The plank is going to create the smoke that will give a nice sweet smoke on the outside of the brie. 
and then it's going to start to swell as it gets warm. And you just want to take it not to the point where that rind splits and then all that cheese oozes out. So you just have to check it once in a while. And when it's nice and soft on the sides, pull it out, cut into it, and you've got hot, hot brie. Dip some bread and have a good time. And you can top it with whatever you want. I was going to ask that because I, I I love brie. I'm not a massive fan of the red pepper jelly that some put on it. Is, is there a sweeter option to go with, Ted? Can you put fruit oh, or something on it? Yeah, yeah, fresh uh, raspberries or blackberries and blueberries. Uh, in one of my books, I did uh, blueberries and peaches. You can do bacon and uh, and and uh, candied pecans crushed okay, up on option. top of it. Done right there. You know, for you, lucky, I would just do uh, hickory sticks. Nice. Just top them nice. with hickory sticks. Sure. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Drizzle it with a little bit of honey, and then you can have some fun. Yeah. Be creative. Put whatever you want on the brie, and it's just a matter of. Uh, Smoking it nice and easy until uh, until it's all hot and gooey. Uh, now, Ted, I noticed on the video because I was I was on YouTube watching The Godfather of the Grill with Ted Reader, and you did, of course, roast your own peppers. But if someone wanted to be lazy like me, I could just go and buy the jarred roasted red peppers, right? Or are they different because they're in an oil? No, you can drain them. Some of them are in liquid as well, okay. Craig. So, you know, whatever makes you makes your life a little bit easier. You know, we're all working hard and, and playing and having fun, and sometimes you don't have the time to, to do everything from scratch, but there are certain conveniences you'll find in the grocery stores uh, that'll make your life uh, easier and, and make your make the food tasty in the end. Beautiful, and people and can it, watch you know? People can watch that whole video on YouTube at Godfather of the Grill, Ted Reader. You've got a whole whack of them up there uh, posted with all sorts of different recipes and stuff. So, although I We're will cooking say, them up, having a good time. I will say that uh, the Ted Reader you get on the Godfather of the Grill is a little different than the Ted Reader you get on the radio show. <laughs> like the actual Teddy, a little spicier. Yeah, a little salty. <laughs> so put the uh, duct tape on the kids' ears if they happen to be in the room. All right, Teddy, if people want to talk you about brie or cooking in the cold or anything how do they get a hold of you you're gonna find me in the social media world at ted grills rock mornings with craig venn and lucky 94.9 the rock